That was the chorus of A Mother There by Angie Killian, music by Shane Mickelson. That song, along with many other beautiful songs written by Angie, can be found at angiekillian.com. And we're really excited for you to hear the entire song a little later in the episode. Angie Mae Killian has been playing the piano since she was six. She discovered that she also had a talent for words and pairing text with her melodies after she became a mother, and she's been writing songs ever since. She and her husband have three children, and they live on the Wasatch Front in Utah. We're so grateful to have Angie on with us today, and we hope you'll enjoy her story and energy as much as we do. Hello, and welcome, Angie. Hi. We're so happy to have you here with us tonight. How are you doing? Oh, I am phenomenal. I'm so, so excited to be here. So we would love to know, Sarah and I, what inspired you to write A Mother There? Mm, That's a good question. So I've always wanted to write a song about Heavenly Mother. Like ever since I started writing songs, I was like, ooh, I really want to write a song about Heavenly Mother. But it just wasn't happening. <laughs> like I would, I would sit down and try to write lyrics and things would come out that just felt very either insinc- insincere or just uninspired or just very general. And it didn't feel, feel very like very heartfelt, which is weird because Heavenly Mother is like a huge part of my life, you know, a huge part of, of why I love this gospel so much. And and also music is, you know, it's, it's the way I worship. It's, it's through music. That's like the way I, f- I connect with the spirit and the way I learn and, and things like that. And so it was really hard not to have a song to sing to and about Heavenly Mother because she obviously is so worthy of our praise through, you know, lots of different, you know, creative outlets, but especially for me through music. And, when I finally did write these words, I was working on a completely different project, a very important project, but just a very small little song about how our, our bodies are special gifts from heavenly parents above. And that's, those are kind of like, that was like the opening line. And I was writing with a co-writer for this. It was right, it was during the, the big call for songs for the primary songbook. And so there was a lot of us doing a lot of writing and my poor family, they probably just felt so neglected, but <laughs> it was in this like mass frenzy of, of, of writing. And he, he said to me, he said, you have heavenly parents capitalized. And I said, well, I figured I'd just err on the side of respect and capitalize that. And like, I don't know for sure if it should be or not. I mean, you wouldn't normally capitalize parents, like even if, you know, regardless if you're taking ownership of them or not, you wouldn't capitalize that. But I said, I'd like to err on the side of of respect and keep that capitalized. And my co-writer is one who's very exact, is probably a nice way to, to describe him, a really, really great person. But he started combing through um, articles and things like that on the church's website to find instances of heavenly parents to see if if it was traditionally capitalized or not. And what he found was that it almost never was capitalized and also that there were instances when heavenly mother was not capitalized. And for some reason, that just kind of like hit me like it hurt me. I felt so, so horrible and and sad and confused about why they wouldn't capitalize heavenly mother. And mm. and it was in that in those moments that I finally like unloaded on my heavenly father. <laughs> 
I mean, that's where, you know, where I've been taught to turn to when I need help and comfort is to turn to prayer, right? So I unloaded on Heavenly Father and just told him how much pain I was feeling and how I I was just yearning for her. I just wanted her. I wanted more. And in those moments, I was I was actually in the car driving from Utah to Oregon. And in, in those moments, all of a sudden, I was just flooded with imagery and words and just pulled out my phone and just started typing with my little thumbs as fast as I could. And the first four verses came in probably like 15 minutes. Like it was just, it was just one after another, after another. And they changed a little bit through, you know, over the course of a year before we recorded. But for the most part, they just, just kind of flew out of my fingers. And, um, that was kind of, it was kind of an amazing experience. It was one of those really, really fun ones. Wow. That is amazing. You were basically handed that. <laughs> and that's how the good ones come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. I, obviously this is a podcast, so you can't see our facial expressions, reactions as people are listening to this. But as you were talking about, I have like since a young age been a grammar punctuation capitalization nerd which is kind of a weird thing but like I have definitely noticed that heavenly parents is not often capitalized and every time I see heavenly mother not capitalized it breaks my heart too yeah and so I really could feel that ache from where you're coming from and I do I love that then this beautiful thing came as part of mm-hmm. that ache I think that that happens I mean you create lyrics and music a lot. Um, I've had probably much more limited experience with that, but I've felt a similar thing where you have this ache and that's when the beauty yeah. and the gift is given right after. You know, isn't that, it's just a wonderful thing that they, those, that, that pain can turn into something just so special and so beautiful. And, and then you look back and you're grateful that you had the pain because then it created such a, an amazing gift. Yeah, I think so many of us can relate to that, that we end up being grateful for the journey and for the hard parts because it's what it, it's what leads us to seek and search and speak yeah. <laughs> about yeah. these things that become important to us. And mm. I think it should. It should be capitalized. I, I'm trying to picture every time I read Heavenly Father, I think we capitalize that, right? Every time. So every single time. <laughs> we should capitalize Heavenly Mother and I, I think know. we should capitalize Heavenly Parents. I think so too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Well, we're really grateful and I feel for you and I'm so sorry that you had that ache, but the whole church, the whole earth is grateful for the gift that came out of it, the, these beautiful lyrics that you were able to write and share so beautifully. So Thank you for sanctifying your struggle. <laughs> I think I think that right there is kind of like my overarching theme in my life is is taking taking what's hard and turning it into something beautiful. That's how I started writing music. I was going I don't know if you guys have heard my story before, but I was in the middle of postpartum depression and just kind of lost sense of who I was and it, it, no worth. <laughs> I had no worth because it was tied to my ability to uh, do the dishes and to fold all the laundry before it was wrinkled and like, you know, change diapers proficiently. Like, you know, like it was these kinds of things. And I just never felt like I was good enough. And and that's kind of when I started fiddling in writing. I was rocking my little nine-month-old to sleep and 
I heard this melody, I paired it with some words and that's, and I, I liked it. I liked how it felt. So I kept doing that. I, I wanted, I wanted to feel light and creative and, and things like that. And I made a big promise with Heavenly Father. I told him that if he would send me music, I would write it down and I would share it with the world. And I mean, I kind of pulled a, a page out of Hannah's story, right? I, and made this, this covenant with him. And I have tried really, really hard <laughs> to keep my end of the bargain. Anyway, so that's, that's my overarching theme in life is, is taking what's hard and, and sanctifying it and trying to make it beautiful. Thank you. Yes. What a great example for all of us because we all have those hard things. We all have our struggle, our thing. I was just talking with some friends today about how when we're honest with ourselves and with each other, those can become the breeding grounds for the most beautiful aspects of our lives and the most beautiful teachings. And I think especially this doctrine of our Heavenly Mother is one that is often born of these struggles. That's beautiful. So how did the process kind of happen with, I love the music video and everything that went into this. So how did that all come to be from writing down in your notes in the car to production? It took a while. (laughs) Sometimes things go really quick. This one didn't, but COVID was not on our side. So that didn't help either. But I reached out to a friend of mine who I've worked with several times. His name is Shane Mickelson, and he's an incredible composer and orchestrator and just overall just a really, really great human. And I asked him if he'd be willing to write music for this. And I, I don't know why, but I like half expected him to say, oh, no, the world's not ready for that or, you know, something like that. Because a lot of people did tell me that, like, oh, that's really really bold. And oh, someone said, that's really ballsy of you. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's an interesting metaphor to use in this instance. <laughs> I know. It's really, really bold of you to write about Heavenly Mother and to expect people to want to sing about heaven. You know, it was just I was getting things like that when I, you know, when I would share that with people. And so I was really happy when he was like, oh, yeah, I would love to do this. Let's let's do this. It's going to be amazing. We'll do full orchestration. We'll record it with a live orchestra. I mean, I don't know if you know, but a lot of times, um, the songs that you hear, if you hear like a violin playing, it's not really a violin. It's like someone playing it on the, on a keyboard and it's making a violin sound. But he's like, no, we'll do it with a full orchestra. It'll be amazing. And I said, okay, I, I don't really know what I want it to sound like or look like or anything like that, but I do know that I want to involve as many women as possible. I said, I want 100 women on a mountain. That's, that's what I'm seeing. And I, in fact, I think I might have said in front of tulips, I think because we were thinking we were going to film it in the spring. So I'm like, I want flowers and I want a hundred women of every shape, every size, every color, every age, because in the lyrics, there's, there's a part in the lyrics that talks about seeing her in women around us. And so he said, okay, let's do it. So that was, um, that was kind of like our, our vision. And then, um, One of the really cool things I loved that he brought to this was in the very last chorus, the choir behind the soloist is singing hallelujahs and hallelujah is a Hebrew word and it translates to, to praise God joyously. And I just love that we were able to praise God, her, we were able to praise our, our feminine divine and sing her hallelujahs. That was just a really special thing for me. I'm trying to think. One of the other really neat things that happened, like I think I, I mentioned earlier that I wrote four verses in the car, 
But if you listen, there's four verses plus a bridge. So what happened was he wrote the music and he said, okay, Angie, I needed, I need more words from you. And I said, nope, I gave you everything I have. There's nothing left. This is, this is what it's supposed to be. And he said, nope, I either need you to write me a new last verse or I'm going to change your last, or let's see. So he said either a last verse and I will change your verse about seeing her and the women around us into a bridge, or I need you to write me a bridge. And so I was like, well, I'm pretty sure that that last verse that I wrote you about seeing Heavenly Mother in the aging and in the children and in in our friends and things like that, that that's a, that's got to be the last verse. And so I I went into it like that. So I tried writing this this bridge, and I was like failing miserably because I think it's you know one of those times when you're trying to force lyrics, and sometimes it just sometimes it works, sometimes it really doesn't. This time it was not working at all, and so. I sent up another plea to Heavenly Father and I kind of said, um, I need some help again. <laughs> I obviously can't do this on my own very well. <laughs> and I really need, I really need a new bridge for this song. And it was interesting because he didn't give me a bridge, but he gave me a new last verse. And it's obviously the best part of the song. It says, I sense her in the silence, in moments I am still. She reaches back and teaches that her love is what I feel. Now brimming with this wisdom, I find her everywhere, for all the world reminds me I have a mother there. And I can't imagine ending that song any other way. Let's go ahead and play the song now. A chance to know her face Her gentleness and holiness The warmth of her embrace I search for her in longing And find her everywhere For all the world reminds me I have a mother there Trees 
One peaceful summer day, I taste her in the sweetness of autumn's golden pear. For all the world reminds me, I have a mother there, a mother there. I have. So it really, it takes you on this journey of, I mean, and, and it was a journey that I went on over the course of the year. It was the journey of the aching and the yearning, and that's the first verse. And then it's looking out of your window and saying, oh, you know what? I see her and I see her influence. I see her in nature. I know a lot of us really connect her and the feminine divine with with nature, with, with trees and with moons and with with beautiful things that we see. And so that's kind of like the first or the second and the third verse. And then it's the realization that we can see her and know her through people around us. We can learn what she's like and what her nature is like through, through people around us. And I've learned from myself that she's present and that she is asking Heavenly Father to put her prayers on speakerphone and that she's listening in and that she's very, very involved, involved with us. But then that very last verse kind of takes it to where I am now and to where I was, you know, right before we recorded this, where I actually would feel her presence and sense that love that she has for me and feel the Holy Ghost testify to me that she is near and that she loves me and that I don't have to know everything to know the simple things and the most important things, which are that she loves her children. And that was... 
that was one of the most special moments, just sitting there in my kitchen, you know, in the, in the middle of the dishes and just having to stop and just write out those words. Thank you for sharing all about that. And going back to what you said about, I want a hundred women on a mountain. One of the things I love the most about watching this music video is that you have so many women who are singing so confidently and beautifully about their heavenly mother. And I think that many of us who feel comfortable speaking about her, who feel like we're really searching for her and aching for connection, often feel like we're the only one in whatever group, like in a a ward or in our family or whatever group it is. But look at these women singing and testifying so beautifully. And that was really, really powerful to me to see all these women singing about their mothers. So thank you for gathering them and (laughs) recording them and working with the team. That was really Oh, that was so fun. Um, one thing about music is that a lot, when we go to church specifically, a lot of people, well, we have like what, two or three people who pray, right? When we're at church and we have a few people who speak and a few more people who raise their hand. But in general, most people don't really do anything. The only active form of worship we do for a lot of people at churches is one, partaking of the sacrament, which is super important, but two is singing. So it's, it's so important to me that we have, you know, something that we can join together and sing about her because, yeah, well, for a lot of people, that's, that's their active form of worship in a, in a church setting. I also love what you said about the last verse. I've got the lyrics up in front of me. Um, I'm a visual person. If I can't see them, I won't be able to think of anything, but I, completely agree that there's no other way you could end this song. I love the beginning of the fourth verse. Well, close to the beginning, you say she reaches back and teaches that her love is what I feel. And I love how that reminds me of you began this song with yearning for her connection. And I just imagine you or me or Jess or any number of men or women yearning and reaching and her reaching back. So I love that beautiful full circle imagery. Mm, that's my, it is my favorite. I'm so glad that he told me I had to, <laughs> had to keep writing or else it would not have happened. <laughs> yeah. I also wanted to add about the video when we were trying to imagine like what we wanted it to look like. There's this picture that I know you guys are familiar with because it's, it's the name of your podcast in her image. But I loved this picture so much. And this picture really like inspired us when we were, you know, deciding who, what we wanted people to wear and, you know, just kind of giving us like a, an inspiration for the general feel. But I love that she includes so many women of color and we worked our tail ends off to find so many beautiful women of all colors and i had i had probably a dozen women there from that were eastern indian and i didn't even know we had that many in the whole state that sounds bad but utah is a very very whitewashed population and we like we were just finding these amazing women who volunteered and were just able to come and and to to frolic in the mountains with us and to sing it was a really tender and really spiritual experience like most of the women there were were full on crying and and they'll they'll tell you it felt like it felt like how you feel when you're in the temple when you're in the celestial room and it's just like this tangible spirit that you feel that that's what that's kind of how I felt there just being surrounded by all these beautiful women and just joining our voices and just singing and it was it was really really incredible there was a lot of love up there sounds amazing 
Yes, that is so sweet. I love that you did it in the mountains, too. What a symbol. Mm-hmm. The mountains and the trees. We had to have both of those in there. Gorgeous. And that picture was in her image by Amber Eldridge, right? Yep. Uh, she's at the color Amber on Instagram. But, yeah, she's she's amazing. And I actually yes. sent this picture home with all of the girls that came. I, I bought one of her big packs of pictures and sent this one home because I love it so much. So for those who are listening and not seeing, this is the one with the mother in the middle, and she's got her white hair flowing out over her daughters, a couple on each side, Mm -hmm. correct? It's just so beautiful. We'll have to link to the picture in the show notes. Yes, please, please do that. So how has creating a mother there shaped how you see the world now? So it's kind of interesting because we sing songs all the time. Right. About nature and how it relates to our Heavenly Father and his and our Savior. You know, I, I feel my Savior's love in all the world around me. And whenever I hear the song of a bird or look at the blue, blue sky and fair is the sunshine, fair is the moonlight. Uh, I see the stars. I feel the rolling thunder. I mean, there's all of these songs that we that we sing and it, it connects us to Heavenly Father and to our Savior. This is kind of my my heavenly mother loves me or I know I feel my mother's love. This is kind of like that kind of a song for me. We know we're taught from Patricia Holland that, I mean, this is, this is a quote from her. It says in the ongoing process of creation, our creation and the creation of all that surrounds us, our heavenly parents are preparing a lovely tapestry with exquisite colors and patterns and hues. They are doing so lovingly and carefully and masterfully. And I love that quote so much. And why why shouldn't we be reminded of our mother, of our queen mother, when we see their creations? Why why shouldn't we think about her too? And so this in the lyrics, I I kind of went through some of the things that are are ways that I you know am reminded of my heavenly mother. I went through um, flowers, tulips, especially in the spring, just that they're very round shape nice feminine round shape right that reminds me of of our heavenly mother and butterflies just just the dancing of the colors on the butterfly wings i just how can you see that and not not think that that the feminine had some kind of a play in creating butterflies and in in songbirds music is such a big thing for me and so songbirds definitely make me think about her but i think some of my favorite favorite parts of the lyrics are the, the pink carnations, which is kind of a random thing. I'm actually wearing a necklace right now with a pink carnation on it. Pink carnations are a symbol of a mother's undying love. And so when I think about pink carnations, I think about Heavenly Mother. In fact, there's a, there's a, a legend, a Christian legend, that says that when Mary watched her son carry the cross, she, she cried. And her tears, when they fell on the ground... From her tears grew pink carnations. And so when I heard that story and, and learned that, you know, carnations are a symbol of a mother's undying love, I also imagined like our heavenly mother's tears falling from the sky and, and filling the earth with pink carnations and all manner of flowers. Other things in the lyrics I really love, it mentions trees. Um, we love trees. And one of the one of the things that people probably thought, like, oh, she was just forcing a rhyme there, but it was the inclusion of of pears. I chose I chose to include fruit for a few reasons. Fruit reminds me of our mother Eve and 
pairs in general are a, a, a shape that we use to describe women, right? We never describe men as, as pear shaped, <laughs> but, but I, I kind of imagine that someday when I get to, to hold my heavenly mother, I hope that she is pear shaped. I, I mean, I hope that, that there's a lot to like hold me and like en engulf me in her bosom. I just, I'm so excited to meet her someday. And then also we included every season just because cycles are such a, such a thing that ties me to, to womanhood. And I wish I would have put the moon in there too, but, but the seasons and, and cycles and change and, and growth. And that reminds me of, of the feminine divine as well. I guess I'll just, I'll just say for all the world reminds me, I have a mother there and I'm so grateful that we can see her in, in so many beautiful things around us. Thank you for drawing out some of those specific lyrics that I had wondered, like I hadn't heard about pink carnations being symbol of a mother's undying love. And now I'm like, oh, I want to listen to the song again and think <laughs> of that when I hear those lines sung. Yeah. And the pear as well, um, when you were talking about you hope that when you get to embrace your mother that she is pear-shaped, that she's ample. And it reminded me of the hymn that is about the Savior, Lean on My Ample Arm. And I remember singing it. I was in BYU Women's Chorus years ago. And I remember Sister Apolloni, our director, talking, saying, my mother had an ample arm and just like giving us this imagery of like, you want there to be something to love. And it reminded me of that song. Like we just, this fullness and this mm -hmm. beauty. I love that you drew out some of those things that you love about the lyrics because now I know how I can go back and love them more. Mm, thank you. The last question that we had wanted to ask you is, how has creating this song, we talked about how it's shaped how you see the world. How has it shaped how you see yourself? So I think a lot of us probably relate to this, but it's hard to see your divine qualities and your divine destiny when you're not really given a clear vision and picture of what that looks like with your own mother, right? And so I think a lot of the, the reason I sought off to seek a relationship with her is because I needed to know myself better. I needed to know, I needed to know what I would be doing in eternity. <laughs> and it's hard, to, it's hard to prepare for a role that you're not really given a clear job description of. Am I right? Right. <laughs> so, so it's been interesting because it really has changed the way I see myself and the way I see, see how I want to become. And I think a lot of it comes from the words I wrote in that bridge and learning from, from other women and drawing from their strength. I learned from my dad's mom that my heavenly mother must be strong. I learned from my mom's mom that she must be playful. I learned from my mom that her love is unconditional. From my husband's mom, I learned that she never stops moving. I learned from my daughter that she is gentle and kind and nurturing. And from my own experience as a mother, I already mentioned this, but I learned that she is involved, just as involved or even more involved in my well-being as my Heavenly Father is. I learned that she is right next to my father. She is... Again, she's asking him to put our prayers on speakerphone so she can listen in. She wants to be involved. She wants to hear from us. She wants to know us, and she definitely wants to help us. And overall, I just know that she loves us. And so as, I, as I've as i come to learn these, these things, 
I've learned qualities that I want to develop in myself. And I've learned just to see people as not only other imperfect humans, but to see them as, as people on a journey to develop these qualities within themselves. And I know I'm not perfect and I'm glad that people allow me grace <laughs> and, and forgiveness. And it's, I think that that helps me when I not just look at myself, but when I look at every other women in my life. Wow. What a beautiful tribute to all of those women and to our heavenly mother. I love thinking about it that way. I'm going to go and think about all the women in my life now and what they teach me about her. Thank you so much. That was really, really special. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so, this has been so fun. You guys are amazing and I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing. Right back at ya. We are so glad that you're doing what you're doing and sharing this beautiful gift. Thank you for making it. Thank you for talking with us about it. And thank you for just the sincerity of your journey. And again, yeah, for sharing it with us and all of anybody who may listen. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you for choosing to spend this time with us. We love this community and would be thrilled to hear from you. Please leave us a review. To offset the cost of recording and producing this podcast, you can make a monthly donation of 99 cents on up to $9.99 at anchor.fm slash inherimage slash support. We hope you'll subscribe and join us next Sunday for another inspiring episode. <laughs>